Oh Lord, okay. lay the house and pump fake me. I'm on now. <laughs> Spotlight, big stage, 10 and 11 fans screaming anyway. <clears throat> oh, sweethearts and big things. This is the way I smoke in my dreams. I'm about to flash about one or two blunts off of you. Smoking in the living room. <laughs> I'm about to get it. I feel like 34 since I be. Since I fell in love, girl, I be. I'll be your groovy baby. <clears throat> you are my super, superstar. I'm your number one fan. Give me your autograph and sign it right here on my blunt. Girl, I'll be your groovy baby. Superstar, oh yeah. Give me number one fan. Give me your autograph. Right here on my heart. That's my superstar in seven keys. Let's start the show, sweetheart. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it popping. Shout out to my. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Who Wake and Bake with B. Oh, yeah. I'm your host, culture analyst, award winning cultural strategist, Emmy nominated cultural correspondent, BMO. I'm here today with the trophy that is my life, though. No, no I don't like that. I don't, like, I don't that. like that. I don't like the trophy in my life. That sounds weird. Let's see here. I don't want to link you to accomplishment at all. Let's say good morning to my grounding force. Mm, I like that. Right. I like that. I like that. The grass between my toes. Good morning to the lady of the house. Good morning, lady of the house. Nice with that. How you feel other than my uh, inappropriate connection to you and um, accomplishment? <laughs> How <Yeah>. you feel? <laughs> I'm cool. How are you? Oh, I feel like, oh, the lady of the house got some things to say today. No, don't guess it. Don't guess it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't guess it, sweetheart. Because it may not even be all that, you know? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. The lady of the house may speak on the show today. Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> I want, before we even get started, I want to give a huge shout out to the Washington Informer Bridge, WI Bridge DC, or at WIBridgeDC.com. Wait. WIBridgeDC.com or at WIBridgeDC on all social media platforms. It is such an honor to be connected to this legacy form of black media. We appreciate them uh, supporting us all of these years as we are wrapping up our fourth season of Wake and Bake with BMO. Thank you to the Washington Informer Bridge. Also want to give a shout out to the Tell Her This podcast producer, our good friend and fellow Wake and Bake with BMO Knight, Rochelle. Make sure you follow her on all social media platforms, Rochelle Music, or the podcast itself at Tell Her This. Sweetheart, Go ahead and play that clip for us. And there will be times where people know, like people within a family know I'm right, but no one will stand up for me. 
And at the end of the day, it's just like, they showed up like they always do. Anyway, disappointing. That really definitely hurt really bad. You know, did you I, want your family to fight for you? I did. I thought that maybe somebody would. I will never lie about that. And that's what hurt. They did not. They did not. They never do. You're listening to the Tell Her This podcast, a storytelling podcast for women. Available now on all podcast platforms. Again, go check out the Tell Her This podcast by my girl Rochelle, which has been Black Podcast Award nominated for Best Editing. And you can hear the evidence of that such right there if you are interested in women's stories as much as I am trying to get to the to the nitty gritty, to the bottom of how we can do better for uh, the other half of our society. Definitely check out the Tell Her This podcast. Or if you're a woman yourself, definitely go check us out if you're non-binary, even if you don't give a fuck about women at all. Maybe this should be the podcast for you, my nigga. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Uh, um, he's not on the podcast, but Rochelle is on the podcast. Make sure y'all check that out. And then lastly, before we get into some of the topics of the show, I want to remind you to go check out the new Blueprint newsletter. But sweetheart, before you put that joint in, I want to say, I'm not want to say, today we are releasing the first episode of the new audio project from BMO Productions stemming from the new Blueprint newsletter. Today we'll be releasing the first episode of the Blue Notes. Sweetheart, play the Blue Notes. It's time for new Blueprints. How come they're not bound to the trauma that was before? How come they're not building old buildings? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are they free? We are new fucking Blueprints, page two. <laughs> We don't need to escape from any place. We are free human beings. We do not need people to come govern us. This new plan is great. It's, it's gonna be our shame, you know what I mean? That we don't sit together and create people who invest with thought and consideration and care to solve the world's problems. If we can do all these things, all these things that we do digitally, technologically, economically, we can feed people, we can, we can educate people because we have wealth, we have intellect, we have the ability to develop and design and create whatever we want to. The question is, do we want to? The question is, do we want to? There is a space that exists beyond what they think of us. In these rooms, we get to decide who we are to each other. The new blueprint parlor is the table where new culture is created beyond the bounds of marginalization, ignorance, and even nostalgia. This recording is a brief recap of those conversations happening around that table. Audio glimpses of an evolved culture. Minutes from a revolutionary meeting. Drafting of new blueprints. Welcome to the Blue Notes. We back? Yeah. So I want y'all to go check out all those things. BMOBrown.substack.com. Later House is putting up the lower third right now. If you can afford the $5 a month, go ahead and do that. If not, it seems like most of the uh, articles that we'll be writing uh, for the new Blueprint newsletter will be free, but every monthly we'll release some monthly investigations that I think are worth the $5. The next monthly investigation is the question if we can buy back Clarence Thomas. But before we do that, make sure you check out the newest thing that'll be dropping today at 6 o'clock, which is this news episode of the Blue Note. Of course, the Wake and Bake will be one night. You guys are the first people to hear about it. So you go ahead and experience that as best as you can. 
And if you're in town this weekend on Saturday, we'll have our next new blueprint parlor at the small wooden box, 930, 12 to 4. You will not see too much social media uh, hubbub about it because I really believe that if I have more than 15 people there, I have failed to do the job. This is one of those situations where as an event producer, I'm looking for a very intentional small audience. So if any of my Wake and Bake with BMO Nights are interested in joining the new blueprint newsletter, I mean, excuse me, the new blueprint parlor, definitely, I think the link is in my bio right now. If not, it's definitely on the website, bemoreauthentic.com, or slide into the DMs and I'll send you an invitation 12 to 4 on Saturday. Pull up. All right, sweetheart. Um, uh, Jordan put flames. Jordan put flames? Yeah. Did he say good morning to the lady of the house? He did. He said okay, good morning, yeah. lady of the house, okay, and BMO, the mashup genius. Okay. The mashup genius, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I was talking about no, no more than 15 people. I was thinking, like, not necessarily Malcolm X, but you know how they would have meetings in the house and it wouldn't be like a whole. It wouldn't be like a huge crowd of people, but it'd be like a small, yeah, intentional, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. That's exactly what we're going for. We're mm-hmm. pulling off of that strategy, the parlor strategy, something that I read from Michael Harriet as he talks about the. Uh, oh, I got new books. We oh, you put out my book bag if you don't mind. Uh, as Michael Harriet talks about. Uh, Mary McLeod Bethune and how she started what would be called the Black Cabinet or the Black Brain Trust, which is really just individuals meeting at our house to talk shit about what what the fuck we finna do next? <laughs> what the fuck we finna do now? Uh, definitely checked out Black as Fuck History. We want to start reading some uh, sweet-ass black facts out of here as I work my way through this book. I've already seen a couple of things that we can use. I met Michael Harriet, who was one of the inspira- inspirations for how I write now, definitely gave me a nice little signature. It just says, to BMO, the smartest nigga I know, Michael Harriet. That's not what it says, but <laughs> it will soon. Though. I was looking like that. Really <laughs> that's what he said? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I was lying in the house. My bad. That's on me. That's on me. Mm. That's on me. All right. We got some great topics that we want to talk about this morning. It is Thursday, so that means we will be voting for our Paul Robeson. Negro of the Week Award. Uh, and it also means for this this week, we have two considerations for our Clarence Thomas, Tory Lanez, Blueface, Bitch, Nigger of the moment as well. Uh, but before we get to that, we want to get to our most current nominee. There is something that I bumped in on uh, when I was doing some work, and I want to I run it back on Diddy, sweetheart. Okay. Um, as the... Um, Tim just put in my uh, in my in the IG chat. He called me Brown and Noble. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you stupid! <laughs> Get on my damn nerve. I'm trying to concentrate. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's talk about this thing here, though. So, um, just to introduce it, I have been working with a lady. Her name is Miss Randy B. Mm-hmm. Randy B is uh, a generation or two above me, but we have been doing the same type of work. Uh, well, we do the same type of work. Randy B has been in DI, I think, for 25 plus years, mm-hmm. which confused me when I first heard it because I, I know my black ass didn't hear no DI when I was coming up. When I was 12 years old, ain't nobody talking about no damn DEI. Yeah. So I asked her, what, is, what did DEI mean in 1999? And she was like, oh, we called it change management. Mm-hmm. 
And if you're old enough, you know that anytime you got a new boss or something came in or you got a new uh, acquired, you had to go to change management, which is basically a fancy way for HR to tell you, get the fuck over it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I know you got your own principles. I know you live your life one way, but get the fuck over it. Okay. Um, so I've been working with Randy B and we've been working on these DI report cards. And I think she'll start producing some of those as social media content here pretty soon. Uh, but there's something that stuck out to me that I wanted to bring up to the show that I think is Paul Robeson Negro of the Week nomination noteworthy. Okay. Um, you can put up the image now, sweetheart. So it has come to my attention, and I think this happened in March, May, June, but Diddy and the producers of Ciroc slash Deleon Tequila have gone their separate ways, sweetheart. Did you know this? You said the producers have gone Yeah, Diageo, who are the producers of Ciroc and Deleon, the actual liquors, they were in partnership with Sean Combs, the man that we call Diddy, to produce the brand that would become Ciroc and Deleon. So it's one thing to have a name and a product. It's another thing to have the endorsement, to have the sales, to have the buy-in from someone you know can produce a market. That's why they had a 50-50 partnership, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it has come to my attention that after this split, Diddy wants to sue Diageo for racial marginalization. And the interesting thing about this story to me is the racial marginalization that Diddy is arguing. He says that Diageo slapped the labels of black owned and urban brand onto products like Ciroc and Deleon as an attempt, hopefully, to invigorate the market. But what Diddy has realized is that when you put the name of black, when you put the name of urban onto a product, you are marginalizing that product, you are restricting that product's ability to make the most profit it can make. Because there are more drunks who are willing to not buy black-owned products than there are drunks who just want tequila and vodka. Right. So Diddy is currently in a billion-dollar lawsuit. I think the last figure I saw was $10 billion lawsuit that Diddy is trying to extract from Diageo for this racial marginalization. Uh, and I see this and I read it and I think about my times with Superman and I think about all the DEI reports that we wrote all the times that we caped up and said uh, we should be acknowledging black business we should be putting black business on the forefront we should be labeling black business there was a project a long time ago that was taken on by Google in which they created their own little icon to put next to a black business as you look it up so if you look up whores and dickies right now, you'll see the little black icon that says black owned. During the summer of reckoning, our good friends at Target, they begin to push black owned products to the point now that you go to their website, you can look up all the black owned products. Mm-hmm. Now you and I, sweetheart, before 2020, which I don't think we had to show in 2020. Do we have a show in 2020? Yeah. Oh shit! Before you, you and I, before 2020, before the summer of reckoning, you and I, and I'm guessing we would have, we would have argued for we need representation at all costs, right? Yeah. But as the thesis of the show for season four has been, what exactly is black? What are we supposed to do with black? If black is a uh, 
caste position that we have been forced into in order to restrict in order for others to extract resources from us what does it mean to be black and what does it mean to be caping up for black culture and putting black on things and this is where we find ourselves with diddy we're not talking about a social structure conversation here who we are to each other you black i'm black we both black i get it we're talking about a governance structure here if i'm black that means that you have put me in a social position in which I have resources that you can extract from inequitably without a diversity uh, and without inclusion of my voice and my perspective at all. We've seen that a thousand times before. Mm-hmm. So I guess we don't. Uh, and as I have the confused face, let me put my triangle sadness up, mm. my eyebrows up. As I have the now happy dolphin face, uh, is this a new blueprint? Hmm. And I ask that because go to go to the one that's directly beneath this, sweetheart. I have been uh, crafting this progressionist timeline of governance for a little while now. We talked about this as it pertained to the creation of a white word. I've studied this as it comes to animation and comedy and horror and soon to be advertising as well. But in my mind, this is how blackness has progressed through the structure system. Right now, I believe that we are somewhere between new blueprints and sustainable communities. And I say somewhere between because we brought, actually we brought this up in terms of uh, T.D. Jakes. I bring this up because T.D. Jakes is bringing sustainable communities in partnership with Wells Fargo. I don't know if we're fully there yet because I don't trust no punk ass Wells Fargo, but I do kind of trust T.D. Jakes. So I feel like we are between crafting new blueprints, which is why we have the new blueprint parlor, which is why we have the new blueprint newsletter. It's the whole purpose of this show. How do we take the things of old and create strategies through the social cultural sphere that we can create impactful change on black culture? And as a when I was writing this list, I didn't really know what happens after independent communities. I don't know. But I figured that the last two steps in liberation would be the departure from black and then the great liberation, whatever the fuck that is. Diddy is arguing right now that we are in a departure from black. And I can't. I'm sitting here with as much blueprint ideology and strategy as much as possible. I'm sitting here with the wake and bake with Bima Nights. I'm sitting here with the lady of the house and I cannot decide if I think that Diddy suing for being labeled urban and black is the next step in the new blueprints. Is the next step in the governance structure progression. This whole season, sweetheart, we have been arguing whether or not we should still be accepting black as a term for our governance structure. Should we still be accepting black as our position in the racial caste system? But yet Diddy shows me that you can sue against it the same way that Ben Crump is suing the CIA. And I have hesitation, sweetheart. Help me out. Why am I hesitating to accept that maybe it's already time to depart from black? You know, I was I was going to say I'm struggling with this because I feel like black people are still marginalized. Like we we are not free yet. We haven't been liberated. So it's hard to depart from black when we still haven't. Like not the literal sense of reparations, but we haven't gotten our, our reparations. You know what I mean? 
Like there's still But do inequity. we have to, Say it again There's still inequity But do we have to relinquish the title Before we get to equity Is there And again I'm not talking about the social structure Who we are to each other Our black culture How we speak hip hop right. The words that we use I'm right. actually talking about the way that people label us right. And put us in this class of black The same way that Diageo did And the, same, the interesting thing about Diageo Is they don't think they've done anything wrong Mm-hmm. They're legit looking at Diddy like, bro, what? You are black. You are urban. It is a black and urban brand. But Diddy's like, wait a minute now. I'm more than black. And honestly, I'm bigger than urban. So what are we talking about? So then like I'm, And of course That's the extreme We're talking about The extreme capitalistic Maybe that's what it is too The extreme capitalistic Impression of what Black is Yeah Hmm Hmm uh, But yeah I would I would I would say Before we even go too further You could take down This uh, structure Progression I would say Before we go any further That the fact that Diddy has introduced This thought Into my mind into the, the psyche of blackness of which this happened months ago and nobody's really talking about it. At least I haven't heard anybody talk about it because, you know, I, I'm on the internet all the damn time. So if I ain't heard nobody talk about it, it probably ain't been talked about for real, for real. Not in, in that case. But I consider this Paul Robeson Negro of the Week nominee activity because Diddy is forcing us to reconsider this black label, especially as it, especially as it deals with dealing with these corporate situations. As we get into the new blueprint parlor, which will turn into the the new black brain trust, and we get more input and more inquiry from corporations and people with money, what does it mean when they start labeling us as black thought? What does it mean when they start labeling us as black strategy? Word to the to the letter that Diddy wrote to corporate America when he was trying to get more advertising dollars from Revolt. He said that companies see a black situation, they automatically put that 13% on us. Like the only thing that we can attract is that 13%. But you and I both know, thanks to the people here at the Washington Informer, that just because my intention is to reach the 13% doesn't mean that's the totality of my demographic. Right. So I am considering Diddy again for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week for suing Diageo for the label, the governance label of black and urban product. Sir, this Ciroc ain't black. It's actually white. My man, this De Leon tequila is not black. It's actually gold. <laughs> Can I be black and my products not? Also, shout out to the pink sauce lady. I feel you, baby. I feel you. <laughs> hey, don't nobody else understand you. I got you. What are your thoughts, sweetheart? Or you just gave your thoughts? Yeah. Um, it feels like blackness is being othered, but I guess in the great liberation, we want a departure from that. So, but I'm I'm still struggling because it's like, I feel like we're still not getting what's up you, you were talking oh, our, <laughs> what's, what's the term our just what, what, our just desserts yeah our just desserts that's fair yeah like 
I, I do, I do um, respect what Diddy's doing, but I personally, I don't know if we're there yet as a society. I don't know either. Yeah. But maybe that, you know what I'm saying? But right. that's what this could the be new the... blueprint architects on. They're right. always on the precipice of something that maybe feels a little scary. Yeah, this could be and the catalyst for change. Yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. Or, and I think I see Jordan put that put put a comment up, or this nigga just be trying to get his money. Yeah. Where's and I think that's right? what my distrust is. Because Diddy is a money-getting motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Didn't you we say got... he did something about uh, the people he sold his master or gave the masters back to? Oh, I, 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 yeah, in the fine print, in the the return of publishing rights back to writers and artists on Bad Boy Records, there is a uh, an NDA. So in order to get your publishing rights back, you have to sign a non disclosure agreement, basically saying that you won't bash Diddy, Bad Boy, Combs Global, any of those companies. Wow. So you can get your record back, but you can't make a diss track out of it. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Damn. That's what he's saying. Because, you know, you got to protect that image. You got to protect that capitalistic pursuit. Mm-hmm. All right, Spirit, how long have we been on? Uh, 24 minutes, but oh. we, we got two comments. Oh, ooh, ooh, what, what comments we got? What the people? What comes from the people? Jordan says, great questions, but Puff just trying to get money. Oh, yeah, see. And then, if capitalism does anything, it's going to fast track an idea. Right. It's very real, though. Hmm. Can we use that to our advantage? Possibly. Yeah, what if we used what if we used capitalism as a as a catalyst? That's why I think we can buy back Clarence Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then Shai Smith said, morning, morning, BMO and lady of the house. Good morning. Hey. And thank you for saying good morning to the lady. There are some people on here who still ain't said good morning to the lady of the house. <laughs> Sorry, sweetheart. It's not. Producing is hard work. And it you is. at least deserve a good morning. Well, thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> so let's do this, sweetheart. Let's, um, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to finish rolling this blunt. We're going to watch Space by my girl, Odd Mojo. Space, space. And we'll be right back with more. Who wake and bake with? Have your blunt manifestations ready. Be mo, yeah. Why are you threatening people? Yeah. <laughs> you said why I'm threatening today? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, Nick oh. True Self Mac, what's up? Hey, yo, bro. Yeah, wake up. Where's my packages? Uh, it's in the back. Bro, you do this every time. Oh, shit. Hey, what's good, bro? It's so good to see you. Yo, it's been a minute. I know. Where you been? Hey, man. What you been up to? I'm good, bro. I'm kind of tight because he keep fucking up my packages. Oh, Losing them every week. You know how it be over yes. here. It's always something with the concierge. Oh, my God, bro. It's all right, bro. You probably you know you owe shit, me too, that she ordered. You exactly. lost my smoothie. I don't know exactly. what happened. The usual, the usual. What's up, though? What's up with you? Going to that rooftop party. You going tomorrow? Oh, oh. oh see, I don't know. I kind of, I'm about to start writing some music. Mm, I'm going to okay, okay. have a lot of thoughts about stuff. Okay, I feel yeah, that. What about you? You go. I just thought the anniversary for me and Devon's tomorrow, uh, so we may slide or I don't know. Yeah, you on that cuffy shit. I feel you. Um, well, let me know. Hit me up, and I'll, okay. I'll pull up with you if you go. You be off your solitude vibes. I don't you know, know I'm always on my vibes. space vibes. I like my own space. You already okay. know. But I'll let you know. I might, but I'm really thinking about writing some music. Okay. You want up? Yeah, I'm going to go up because he sucks. And okay. You lost my packages. Yeah. So, yeah. See, 
You know what? That's cool because that's exactly why I be eating your DoorDash. That's exactly why I eat your wow. DoorDash. Wow. 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 <laughs> Yo, babe, look, look. <laughs> Yo, do you see this? TikTok is so wild. Like. <laughs> Yo, wait, where you going, babe? Babe, where you going? Hey, hey, yo, I need some space right now. I need some space, space. Yeah, I need some space right now. I need some space, space. Yo, I need some space right now. I need some space, space. Whoa, hey, whoa, hey, yeah. Need some space right now, six feet away. Get your own J, nigga. I'm smoking on a personal, ayy, oh, and this is personal, whoa. Be careful of the energy you project. Son telling me you don't really care. Living life on the edge, nah, I don't want that near. Yo, they say, uh, they say a lot of things, but they don't really mean it. Hey, whoa, I can tell that you're feeling, whoa. I need some space, space, right now. Wait, hold on. My bad. <laughs> Not you, sweetheart. <laughs> I got caught up. <laughs> uh, welcome back. Welcome back, y'all. We are back with more. Who wake and bake? Will you be more? Yeah. It's time for our blunt manifestations. All my folks with your blunt manifestations. I need your blunt manifestations in the chat right now. What are you trying to make come true? Uh, before we get to that, though, I want to thank Odd Mojo. It's been another great uh, week of playing space. We really appreciate the song. My man, Kendall, one of the best videographers in the land. If you need some help with some of your videos and some of your some of your edits, make sure you go check out my man, Simple Kendall Dill. Is DYL. Make sure you go check out. Also, Odd Mojo, O D D Mojo, as in Mojo, Jojo. For more of those things, I need y'all to stream that song and watch that video. We need them views to go up, 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 up. C A P. Sorry, that's my offset. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's time for Blunt Manifestation, sweetheart. It's Thursday, so that means I'm going first, right? Mm -hmm. I would like to manifest a very, 
bountiful and fruitful conversation on Friday and Saturday. Friday, I will be hosting an Art All Night event at the Art of Noise. We're going to do a live podcast for about three hours in which we'll talk to a few artists during that time, some audience members try to sell some art uh, and really get off and really get going with the art movement. Then on Saturday, again, we'll have the new Blueprint Parlor, which will be at the Small Wooden Box. If you are interested in attending the new Blueprint Parlor, you will not see much social media hubbub about it because as I wrote about it in the new Blueprint newsletter, my uncle told me that my generation is so interested in loud action, this is our chance to do silent advocacy. So make sure you, uh, if you are interested in coming, slide into the DMs. I think there's a link in my bio right now. Uh, it's real hidden up there, one of the, the few links up there. Just just let me know or just pull up 12 to 4 on Saturday at the Small Wooden Box and we will get it popping. Okay, sweetheart. Um, that's what I'm manifesting. It was a half an ad though, so maybe I should <laughs> put something else up there. Um, definitely still need that car. Um... I reached out to the homegirl Lydia yesterday to start the conversations of my EPK, which mm-hmm. is the actions to uh, get me on radio channel 126 on Sirius XM. Uh, so very excited for that. So I want to keep manifesting strength, courage, and wisdom to fill up to, to finish that project. And then also the magic and manifestation that it takes to actually fulfill that. Mm-hmm. Destiny, I think, honestly. So, those are my manifestations. What you got, sweetheart? Um, I'm gonna go with abundance. Mm-hmm. Ooh, abundance. Yeah, in all forms, not just okay. uh, monetarily. I'm also gonna go with happiness because I know there's a lot of sad people out there, and you know, a lot of people are going through things. So, yeah. So that that ties into like peace. Mental peace. Yeah, a lot of, it's a lot of sad niggas out here. Yeah. Divorce is high right now. Times are rough. And I think, well, not I think, but we are in a recession. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Things are rough uh, yes. out there. Things are rough out here, man. Um, If you're looking in your bank account and you're wondering, what the fuck? We yeah. all looking the same way, baby. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we all looking at it the same way. You are. Huh? We gonna get through it. We gonna get through it, right? Yeah. You are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> I am broke with you. <laughs> uh, so it's just payday. The bills and food took my money away. <sighs> you are not alone. Wait, is Michael Jackson canceled? Uh, I don't know. I don't think black folks have canceled Michael Jackson. Yeah. I think niggas have actually canceled R. Kelly. I think on, on a majority level, it's like if you walk into a party and somebody, if you walk to a house party, you walk, not even a house party, you walk into somebody's home and they playing R. Kelly, you definitely go look at them like, right. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> this is not related, but I saw a post from, is something that OJ Simpson said. And he said he's afraid to go back to LA because he might be sitting next to whoever did it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Right. They don't want us to be great. That's crazy. Can the people hear the fire alarm? It's like lowish mid green. Good lord. Oh. We not on fire, y'all. Mm, we not. We not on fire. Ain't even let the blunt yet. How could we be on fire? <laughs> right. Oh, God. 
You know, that reminds me we missed the manifestation. <laughs> we got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we got to get the fuck out of here. All right, let's light this blunt and see if we can continue the show throughout this throughout this noise. I hope y'all don't mind the, the fire alarm in the background. Maybe if I keep talking, they won't be able to hear it. Yeah. All right, sweetheart, we got two more topics, but they're both nominees for one of our newest all, Shot Smith says. Yeah, we can hear that shit. Should we evacuate or no? <laughs> what an exciting show it would be to watch the apartment burn down. <laughs> what an exciting show that would be. If that happens, you taking the equipment? Ooh, this is a good question. I love this question. You know, uh, I told you this. Um, um, well, I just told you this because you're my lady, right? You just know these things. When I was a kid, my uh, apartment burned down. Yeah. You were, weren't you like three or something? I'd be like, I had to be sub four. Okay. So. Uh, and I recall. Uh, I recall when the. When the fireman came into my room to come get me, um, the fire hadn't started in the apartment, but the apartment next door was on fire. And then yeah. there was this dead tree that was between our apartments and then that caught fire. Yeah. And then that caught fire onto the roof of what would be our apartment. Yeah. And so at three, when the, uh, when the fireman came and got me, I grabbed two things. <laughs> I grabbed my favorite teddy bear yeah. and a picture of my father. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was in a different frame, but yeah, I bought, I that's, what I, that's what I pulled from. bigger than you. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I had those two things. And then I wouldn't even say it was my favorite teddy bear. It was actually my second favorite teddy bear. I was like, and now I think about it like, damn, boo-boo. <laughs> How you, <laughs> you make the cut? How you get cut? <laughs> I don't know. So, so would you would you take? What would I take if the apartment started being on fire right now? I would definitely grab as many notebooks as possible, mm. uh, and then my laptop and my iPad, and then we'd be out. Okay. Uh, camera lights. It take too long to like break down. And, and the then, lights. I feel like the lights is easy to you know we can get new lights. Easy to replace. Yeah. The camera's already broke, so we need to replace the camera anyway. It's so broke. when we put the the renter's insurance claim in, we get a new camera. Right, right. <laughs> but the things that can't be replaced. Are these notebooks like legit? Right. Like there are, I believe there are a few million dollar ideas within these notebooks that I'm still trying to uh, initiate and activate. So. And it's years. Yeah. Years worth of. Man, them poor magazines though. Damn, I grabbed them too. Well, you right. can you can put them all in your book bag. Yeah. The good ones though, the, the other ones they can go. <laughs> it was a mistake. They can go. Well, all that's gonna <laughs> do is just fill the fire. Hey, more. look, man. It's a lot of paper. <laughs> Some would say it's already fueling fire, sweetheart. <laughs> some would say it's already fueling some fire. Oh, the drama. Man, all the drama. Oh, I said drama. But... Oh, trauma, damn. Right. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, what would you grab, sweetheart, since we're talking since it's fire alarm talk? Uh, let's see. I could, yeah, I could replace my laptop. Oh, finally. Yeah, definitely some notebooks for sure. Yeah. Um... Is there anything that is not replaceable? I'm definitely grabbing the external, though. Yeah, true. Oh, I would feel bad about leaving. Some, well, I, would, I would take some of the plants, at least. <laughs> yeah, true. What about Mort? Oh, Mort! <laughs> <laughs> That's from Relationship One. 
Is it? Yeah. We, um, we went to Dave and Buster's for Valentine's Day. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Then I tried to get you a Valentine's Day gift and got evicted. Was that the same year or was it the next year? The next year. Lord. <laughs> <sighs> to be got fair. Some stories to tell. What's up? To be fair, you were talking about I'm going to get you a string, a piece of hay, a paper clip. That's right. I was trying to get you the worst Valentine's <laughs> Day the gift next possible. Call, I got it. That's right. It. I was trying to go. I was on the way to Trader Joe to get a single egg. <laughs> a single boiled egg. <laughs> I, went, I, don't know, I don't know. I was just in a bad Valentine's Day gift. Man, I'm not trash, sweetheart. Huh? No, you're not trash. Valentine's Day is trash, but we're not talking about that. <laughs> we could talk about the patriarchy, though. All right, oh, y'all. Lord. <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, the second half of the show, we want to vote on our Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. We have two nominees. We have Diddy and the Senate. Right? Diddy for... We'll get to those in a minute. But we also have uh, two... Uh, what, who I call them? Clarence Thomas, Blue Tory face. Lanes, Blueface, bitch niggas of the moment as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first of which is a good friend of ours, <laughs> making her return as the first woman nominee for the <laughs> Clarence Thomas Blueface, bitch nigga of the moment award. And maybe an appearance from the lady of the house as well. Oh, damn. Maybe maybe I asked too much for the appearance. (laughs) Maybe I asked too much for the appearance. I would like to play you the latest hit from our girl from the grill. The Caramel Skin Queen. (laughs) Miss Problematic herself. Ladies and gentlemen, Ebony K. Williams. <laughs> the reality that needs to be said out loud is that as black men age, their desirability increases. Thus, their optionality of women is always expanding. And the exact opposite is true for black women. Mm-hmm. As we age, doesn't matter how much money we accumulate, our degrees or professional accolades, The reality is that our marriage and partnership market value is depreciating with every passing year. No matter how good we look, no matter how fit we are, men are still seeing primarily our presumed dwindling fertility as a knock against us. And speaking of fertility, that is another reason that I want younger black women to seek marriage and partnership in college or right after, if that's what they choose because the number of college-educated black men is so low when compared to black college-educated women that we're all going to be targeting the same small pool of men. And as we heard today, on most campuses, there's like seven black women students for every one black man student. Y'all do the math. So here's my advice. If you are a young black woman in college and you know in your heart and in your head that you want to prioritize family, I suggest that you simultaneously pursue that MRS degree right along with that BA or JD. Because the handful of black college age men that actually do desire to get married soon and they do share that value system and family is a priority for them too. Y'all, that is an incredibly small pool and it's shrinking as you get older. And by the time you reach my age, 40, you will be faced with different choices relating to life partnership and motherhood. Now, I'm not saying that delaying marriage or motherhood is a bad option, 
but it's one that comes with its own consequences. And our women deserve to know on the front end of their decision-making instead of on the back half. Sweetheart, mm -hmm. I feel like there are a thousand things that I could say right now. I just threw up off camera. I don't know what people saw. <laughs> I just threw up. It's all on the ground. It's all mushy and purple. Purple? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many layers to So many layers. But you know what? Uh, as with Barbie, I yield. Sweetheart, mm -hmm. what you got to say? Okay, number one. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Optionality is not a word. <laughs> number two, as she was talking, <laughs> I'm not going to do numbers for the rest, but as she was talking, I realized that she was projecting. She's saying that um, the options for women as the age is limited and you know their desirability decreases, blah, 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 that whole thing. That's also not true, especially with the changes that are happening nowadays in society. Mm -hmm. Um, it's usually as men start to age that they want to settle down and yeah, it seems to be the inverse now that young women are deciding to prioritize themselves in their careers and happiness. I talk also, to me, talk to I me. Did, I did a little research. And oh, come on, come on, come <laughs> on. A study done by the NIH found that living alone is an independent risk factor for mortality in men, especially the age group of 29 to, I believe it was 47. It's, yeah, it's like a twofold, it's basically times two, the amount of men dying alone as women. Oh, damn. It's unclear whether living alone causes an increased mortality or whether predisposition for an increased mortality is responsible for men living alone. Okay. Um, she also says that black women should prioritize finding your husband in college, which is something that pretty much, well, I, I'd say like my generation, but I feel like before we were all, it was pretty much ingrained within us that that's what we should do. Right. So, yeah, that's not really the case anymore. But if black women should prioritize finding your husband in college, and then she also says that black men are limited, there, there are limited numbers of black men to choose from in college, and they're also not prioritizing marriage, how are we supposed to find our husbands in college, Ebony? How can we do that if, if they're not, like... Please make that make sense. Also, just know that she's uh, sneakily snuck in there that men who didn't go to college don't deserve to be married. Exactly. Go ahead. Exactly. Go ahead. I'm not, back to the bus driver. Go ahead, sweetheart. Keep also, on. Also, <laughs> I want to know if all of these things are the case, why is she still single? Does it? Yeah, I feel like there's so many, like, there's so many things that can be said. I don't want to cut you off though. I want it. I want it unfettered. Go ahead, sweetheart. Unload the clip. What did she say? Oh. <laughs> um, one thing she said that you and I we didn't. I don't even know if it was like a disagreement. I think we were disagreeing with the fact with the same amount of passion, which is this idea that women hit a wall of attraction. Right. Which like, it's just not true right like it is a pure falsehood and i could use examples like halle berry i could use examples like um what's our girl pam uh pam greer, pam greer. i can use examples of women who have aged 
beautifully, but I don't even have to use that. Like, old niggas still chasing old women. Like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a constant. That's just something you could look outside and see. Mr. Johnson still chasing Miss Patty. Like, it's still a thing. My grandma's in her 70s and she got these old deacons still flirting. Trying to trying get to that thing. Like, right. I'm like, you are 90 years old. Um, I ain't, man, look, I've been around men my whole life. I done seen men from zero to 90. All of them horny. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Zero-year-olds want the nipple. 99-year-olds want the nipple. <laughs> All these niggas horny. So I don't, I've never understood this idea of that there's a wall. And I feel like that's a misogynistic trope that's been put out there to groom younger women with older men. So the more that we believe that there is this wall of attraction that women hit, that's just not... It's just not true. That's that red pill um, incel. That's that Sons, Sons of Samuel, Samuel shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's that Sons of Samuel shit. And it's mm-hmm. sad to hear her repeating these things because maybe she believes these things. Right. Which leads me, sweetheart, to the old blueprint, new blueprint conversation and why I want to nominate uh, Ebony K. Williams for the the uh, uh, Clarence Thomas Tory Lane's blue face bitch nigga of the moment. Not calling her a bitch. Didn't say that. Bitch nigga of the moment <laughs> is gender neutral, okay? <laughs> the reason why I'm relegating her for a nominee for this award is because Ebony keeps harping on these old ass blueprints mm-hmm. about what is an acceptable relationship for women. Right. And I ain't no woman. I, I'm not trying to be Paul Peter. What's his name? From uh, uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm Peter. not trying to be in with his business, women business. Mm-mm. I'm not trying to be no woman. I'm just saying. Uh, Ebony K. Williams keeps putting out these old ass tropes about what it means to be a successful relationship for family black woman. When in actuality, I think our ties to the Americanized white produced version of a a nuclear family, I think that's an old blueprint. Yeah. I think even just the, the thought process that you're asking a 19 year old to enter the four most formidable years of her life and focus on finding a partner in another 19 year old. Let me tell you something. At 19, I was still wanting to play with frogs and dirt and I was in college. (laughs) I had the mental capacity to try to be somebody's husband at 19. Is there some societal immaturity there? Sure. But at the same time, nigga, I'm 19. I ain't even spoke 100,000 uh, hours yet. <laughs> I barely know myself. And you're telling me as I'm learning intellectual properties and societal norms to make me a better person, one of the things that I should be focused on is finding a, I don't know, finding a wife for what? <laughs> for the security of relationship. I don't know. It bothers me. She bothers me. (laughs) She bothers me. Uh, And if I have a daughter, when I have a daughter, if I'll have a daughter, and we were talking about this last night, sweetheart, I don't know if I'm telling her, hey, when you go to college, find a husband. Right. Develop the character. Find yourself. Right. Develop the characteristics that you would want 
in that you would want within yourself that you want to see in other people mm-hmm. find those characteristics don't be so hard, heavy looking for a partner that you don't even know what you like in them right. you don't even know what you like you just know you got somebody that you want to settle down with somebody that you want to partner with somebody you want to be with for what Right. at 19 and how that nigga gonna be different at 26 I just don't understand I don't understand I don't understand so yeah I'm, I'm nominating Ebony K. Williams for this trash ass take on an MRS degree Oh, and also MRS degree right come on now <laughs> MRS degree right Come on now, as a fellow journalist, prognosticator, and writer, MRS degree is weak. Mm. Uh, MRS degree is a trash title. Mm. We got any comments? Yeah, I just, yeah, there's so many layers. You still, oh, you still want to go off? No, take it to no, the no. next layer. This is the show. <laughs> this is the show to take it to the next layer. Take it to the next layer, sweetheart. Because now I'm thinking about she didn't say anything. I know she was talking to the women, I guess, but like she didn't say anything about the men. What what about the MR degree? <laughs> Is it not supposed to be a partnership, a relationship between two people and not just one person who's trying to fit into a box to be chosen by somebody? <laughs> that's, I think that's what's bothering me because she's like, you know. <laughs> Here you go, sweetheart. Here you go. I'm, I'm giving sweetheart a, a, a packet of disposable fork and knife with salt and pepper and a napkin. You want to know why? Because you just ate that ass up. <laughs> Here you go, sweetheart. And she going to take it. It's going to take it. Talk about it now. Where's the MR degree? Right. Hmm. Anything else in the tank? Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. I want you to go. I, I, I wanted the lady of the house to sit in the chair today. That's, that's what I'm going to tell you. I wanted her to switch seats with me today and go off. That's what I wanted her to do. Because I feel like my limitations of understanding are at this forced expectation that you want women to be wives right. in college while men get to, to your point, while men get to. Right. You done? Uh, Kendall said, go off, lady of the house. Also, good morning, beautiful people. Hey, Kendall. And then Shai Smith said, now, lady of the house, you're being too progressive. Am yeah. I? No. I think that's sarcastic. Like, now you got expectations of men? Wow. How that's dare crazy. you? How dare you? Because <laughs> right, so it's not like she's saying... Oh, sorry. No. No, it's not like she's saying no. You she's go not, off. She, she's not saying anything new. If that's the case, like... What is the pur- what is the purpose? What? <laughs> what was your first point? What? Oh. What did I say? Did you think she's projecting? Yeah, yeah, she's definitely projecting. I don't want to get into the personal, but I think so too. Mostly because yeah. she ended the story with forty like me. Right. It's like ooh. Right. Okay. I I definitely hear some bitterness there. I don't like going down that path. But. Uh, I don't like going down that path. You know what I mean? Maybe she is. Maybe she is. Let's play a game, though, sweetheart. Okay. Name a class in the MRS degree program. 
<laughs> Name a class in the MRS program. To, and see, here she go again, thinking a damn B plus and Mrs. Degree going to make that marriage last. Girl, please. <laughs> Girl, please. <laughs> Niggas in these B pluses, man. I, I swear. I swear, man. <laughs> she might have to get this award this week. <laughs> I don't know, because we got another nominee. <laughs> oh, true, 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 I don't know. We got another nominee. And if the people ain't speaking, sweetheart, let's get to our second nominee for the Clarence Thomas, Tory Lane's blue face bitch nigga of the moment. Okay. All right. Um, I like what you named the video. <laughs> stupid words from a stupid. What you say? From a stupid man. <laughs> stupid <laughs> words from a stupid man about stupidity. But you know what? Let's just watch the video. And I want to ask. No, let's watch the video first. <laughs> if you look in the hood, it's liquor stores and check cashing places. You know why? Because they know that the people in the hood aren't smart enough to open up bank accounts. They're going to get a check, they're going to cash it, and it's a liquor store right next to it. Let's just put that around them. Let's also put a bunch of shit that's easy and cash available. We don't want you to gain credit. We want you to be cash driven. That's how we keep the poor poor. It's not until you understand that you get out. <laughs> Sweetheart, I've been asking you this question a couple of times. I already know. Can somebody give me the definition of bootlicking? What does bootlicking mean? I haven't looked it up. But I've been listening to a few black men on television recently, and I'm like, hmm. 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 What's the definition of bootlicking? It's not a word that I've been using before this week. I'm going to be honest with you. I have not been using bootlicking often. But when I hear certain people speak and the perspective that they have and the credence and the grace that they give towards infrastructure and institutions and systemic barriers, I'm like, man, that, that tastes like boot. Right. And I don't know who came up with that term, but that was good. <laughs> that, that might be a Paul Rosen Negro nominee right there. Whoever created the term bootlicking. <laughs> that was good. Because it tastes leathery and dirty and like my mouth shouldn't be here. Right. And like also like stepped on. Right. <laughs> um and also, is it connected to like bootstraps? Because like people pick up their bootstraps and then you lick the boot. And I'm thinking you lick the underside of the boot, right? Damn. Or you licking the side. See, I was imagining the top, but it probably is the underside. Just lick the whole boot. That's crazy. I mean, no, not spit. I mean, flat tongue. Right. Not even tip. Of, <laughs> yeah, flat tongue on that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I want my taste buds on this bitch. Here's why I'm nominating Kevin Hart for the. Clarence Thomas, Tory Lane's Blueface Bitch Nigga of the Moment Award. And the side before the award is part of the announcement. The <sighs> disappointment, if right. you will. Um, Kevin Hart accurately described capitalism and systemic barriers to financial success. Mm -hmm. to the T but instead of 
charging those institutions, charging the system of capitalism, charging the weight of oppression as the cause of these situations. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart says that people in poverty are just too stupid to understand it. Sir. That to me is one of the most harmful things that you could say as a successful person. Right. As a person who was making money, as a person who has chosen the path of capitalistic and commercial success, it is so dangerous for you to then say that the same situation that you had to escape from, from all this extraneous labor and God-given miraculous talent and opportunity, to say that the people that came from your situation are stupid. Right. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised, but I'm so disappointed in Kevin Hart because here he is sitting on stage with this white man and probably this all majority or this majority white audience downing his own situation, downing his own people. For what? Exactly. <laughs> to sound smart? To be more intelligent? To gain more capitalistic success? Then to do what with? And this to me is why we always question what are we supposed to do with these niggas with money? Because here this nigga is, see this nigga with money, time after time after time. And he has the capacity to think about the systemic infrastructures that weigh us down. But instead of building, he'd rather destroy. And I don't understand that. I'm making maybe a third of a half of a tenth of a percent of what Kevin Hart is making. Maybe. Yet we are able to still build community. Right. We're still able to build new paths forward. I wouldn't dare fix my mouth to call the people who are also trapped in the same situations as I stupid. And we've had this conversation. I don't know. I don't know if the people are aware of this, but we had this conversation uh, when the Fed now law came into an act. That means uh, Fed now is basically the government's own cash app. Mm-hmm. They sent out a memo, a legal memo to commercial banks basically restricting convenience. So if you take a paper check to your commercial bank, it used to be before noon on a business day, you could get your full check or a percentage of the check. Now, I have a notice in my mail that says, now the bank is allowed to restrict your fund for up to three days. The lady on the phone at Citibank told me if I wanted my money immediately, I'd have a better chance of going to get it cashed and bringing the cash to the bank. Kevin Hart don't know this because when the last time Kevin Hart got a paper check? I'm so sad. That's so sickening to me. I'm so disgusted. And to bury it down, I to, to, Kevin Hart's just, just, just speaking these old ass 
blueprints and these old media points of how black folks are stupid and they can't escape their own situation mm-hmm. and not realizing that the true barriers are the things that you actually described. Yes, they are inequitably putting cash check places in places that are getting paid by paper checks. Mm-hmm. People being paid by paper checks are systemically somehow just black folks because they are working at these commercial places over index. I saw today that 18% of the government workers are black folks. Wow. Which don't sound like a lot, but like when you consider that Google, one of the biggest employers in the world, is only 4% black folks, you're like, oh shit, 18% is a lot. Yeah. It's only 13% of black folks in America. They don't over-index by 5%. How? Wow. What do you mean, how? Whose people are eligible for these jobs? And we gonna get to the conversation on how y'all keep putting too much fucking clout in these positions, man calling dentists fucking doctors and doctors fucking noblemen. These niggas are maintenance men just like the fucking maintenance man. Right. What are we supposed to do with niggas with money? Not this. Not this. And to double down, I want to let my man Furious Styles take us out. Go ahead, Furious. This nigga said this shit in fucking 92. Cash for your home? You know what that is? What are y'all, Amos and Andy? Are you stepping and he's fetching? I'm talking about the message, what it stands for. It's called gentrification. It's what happens when the property value of a certain area is brought down. Huh? You listening? Yeah. They bring the property value down. They can buy the land at a lower price. Then they move all the people out, raise the property value, and sell it at a profit. Now, what we need to do is we need to keep everything in our neighborhood, everything black. Black owned with black money. Just like the Jews, the Italians, the Mexicans, and the Koreans do. Ain't nobody from outside bringing down the property value. It's these folks shooting each other and selling that crack rock and shit. Well, how you think the crack rock gets into the country? We don't own any planes. We don't own no ships. But we are not the people who are flying and floating that shit in here. I know every time you turn on the TV, that's what you see, black people selling the rock, pushing the rock, pushing the rock. Yeah, I know. But that wasn't a problem as long as it was here. Wasn't a problem until it was in Iowa and it showed up on Wall Street where there are hardly any black people. Now, if you want to talk about uh, guns, why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community? Why? Tell you why. For the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. You go out to Beverly Hills, you don't see that shit. But they want us to kill ourselves. Yeah, the best way you can destroy a people, you take away their ability to reproduce themselves. Who is it that's dying out here on these streets every night? Y'all. Young brothers like yourselves. What am I supposed to do? Fool roll up, try to smoke me? I'm gonna shoot the motherfucker if he don't kill me first. You're doing exactly what they want you to do. You have to think, young brother, about your future. Huh? And that's what I would tell Kevin Hart. You gotta think, little brother. <laughs> little as in size. <laughs> You got to think, little brother, about your future. Here you are with the capacity, with the finance, with the commercial, with the attention to actually change these situations. But instead of doing so, you'd rather call them stupid. Right. I know you. I know you. Yeah, it tastes like leather. Mm -hmm. I know what you are.
I know what you are. And I know if somebody calls you to task, you call them a hater. Exactly. <laughs> you dismiss it as, as as if it was a personal attack on your character. Well, brother, that's not what I'm saying at all. You're not going to listen to me. You're not listening to me at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, how dare you? And also, do something about a bitch, nigga. Oh. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you, I bet you won't buy the check, check, check cash in place today. I bet, you, I bet you won't create no community bank. I bet you won't put no grants in the community. Huh? I bet you won't write no policy. I bet you won't lobby. I bet you won't advocate. I bet this the only thing we're going to hear about is you talking on stage with this white man in front of these white folks getting this half ass applaud for your selling out of your community. You called yourself stupid, by the way. Right. <laughs> You called your mama stupid just now. You called your family stupid. You called your demographic stupid. You called everybody who brought you up stupid. That's embarrassing. You know how many you know how many tickets was bought with check cash cash for your shows in Philadelphia? Right. And you gonna sit here and call these niggas stupid? Yeah, that's my nominee. That's my nominee for the Clarence Thomas, Tory Lanez, blue face bitch nigga of the moment award. What are your thoughts, we are? <clears throat> is, is it? Mm. Would you say he's an Uncle Tom? Would I say he's an Uncle Tom? Hmm. I, okay, here's what I would say. This is being nice. I would say Kevin Hart is at best a conservative. He's a conservative person. As actually, most black folks are would find themselves on a conservative spectrum if we were talking about a political, a fair, equitable political spectrum that would be divorced of having to have liberal and progressive policies to uh, <laughs> rectify the things of the past, right? So if, if, if everything was fair, I think we could call Kevin Hart a conservative financially, socially, culturally. Uh, I would say he is a traditional patriarch. I wouldn't call him a misogynist per se. Uh, Uncle Tom. Mm. No, it's something, there's something else that Kevin Hart is that is not... And Uncle Tom, and maybe I'm maybe Malcolm X said that uh, we have to be careful of the people that uh, white folks deem popular, because those are the mindsets that want to replicate white supremacy or whiteness in general. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard for me to label Kevin Hart on Uncle Tom when he his medium is a very black art form and he does it very blackly uh, and he doesn't shy away from his blackness. Same thing for Stephen A. Smith. I wouldn't necessarily call them Uncle Toms, but flat tongue, mm -hmm. flat tongue bootlickers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. These are the same men that are also convinced you that like this is what you gotta do to su to succeed. Right, right. It's like okay, 
Okay. And maybe they're right. But maybe then again, right. Stephen A would also say, uh, we when referring to Disney. <laughs> you know how much boot looking you gotta <laughs> do for the lady of the house who's not into sports for real, for real, <laughs> to know that Stephen A. Smith recognize calls himself we when it in terms of Disney. <laughs> that is some house shit right there. I don't like to, you know what I'm saying? The house niggas had to do what they had to do, just like the field niggas did, did what they had to do. But I'm pretty sure that we shit is still wild to me, though. I, right. I know where I come from. I come from the field. And that we shit is like. That is wild. We? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Kendall says people get money and almost immediately turn into elitists. Shout out J. Cole, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's, oh, uh, you got to say something? No, go ahead. Um, he also says, I cannot imagine having as much money as Kevin Hart and not putting a large amount of it back into the community. But then again, I'm poor, so who's to say what I do? The shrug. Wait, say that again? I cannot imagine having as much money as Kevin Hart and not putting a large amount of it back into the community. But then again, I'm poor, so who's to say what I do? And then shrugged. Hmm. Hmm. When I was looking up Diddy to do a DEI report on his business, I couldn't find any like centralized report. I had to look up everything individually and like literally do the numbers myself. I had to look up his staff, count all the black faces, count all the staff, and then make the percentages myself, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas like if you you know, if you do Google, I just told you I can tell you right now it's four point eight percent black folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a report that they have. Right. Um <laughs> I actually emailed my man Ernest and I said, you know what, bro, I just saw that Google is only 4.8% black folks and it's trending down. So if you ever just want to get on the phone and talk blackly, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I got you. If you just need a surrogate black friend, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. <laughs> um, why was I saying that? Um, oh, it was about Kendall's comment. Having as much money as Kevin Hart and not putting a large amount of it back into the community. But then again, I'm poor, so let me just say what I do. I was looking up Diddy shit. I couldn't yeah. find the things. But the things that I found, not good. <laughs> uh, damn. Not good. Not, uh... okay, I'll give you a reference. I'll give you a reference. And now these are two totally different organizations, but these are two organizations we're talking about. And if you scale the numbers, you'd be like, oh, that's, that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, Target gave, I want to say over the last years, if we wanted to put a monetary value on everything, let's say $400 million towards black causes. Target, uh, as of a couple of weeks ago, I think, oh Lord, I don't want to make it up. But I want to say Target's, look it up real quick. Look to see what Target's value is right now. I want to say it's like 20 bill, 20 to 40 bill or something like that. This is important for the story. So I'm saying Target is a larger organization. They gave up about $400 million if you want to put a monetary value on all the things that they have done. Actually, it's more than that. It would be like $1.9 billion towards blackness. 
because uh, they have pledged $1.6 billion in buys from black suppliers. And then they have also given about $400 million in money, services, education, grants, opportunities, relationships, however you want to. Well, however, I am monetizing those things right now. I would say $1.9 billion in those things. You look, you see the total value for Target? Um. Well, yeah, it says they, they plan this. Two billion right now for blackness. No, I mean, what's the market value of Target right now? Yeah, I'm also looking it up. Uh, yeah, where'd it go? Is it? Fifty one point nine billion. That's good. Fifty one point nine billion, and they're giving up two billion to blackness, right? Diddy's company is somewhere in like eight hundred, nine hundred million dollars. On that mindset, how much money should they be giving towards blackness? Do you think? <laughs> At least thirteen <13%. laughs> percent. At least thirteen percent. What's thirteen percent of nine hundred mil? $117 million. Did you just gave away $2 million? Diddy is giving $2 million towards what I would call DEI efforts. And that begs the question, do black folks need to do DEI? I don't know. But I did find it interesting. <laughs> I did find it interesting. While Kevin Hart is calling us stupid, Diddy is giving a very minuscule amount back to black folks. Beyonce and them keeping their givens hidden. There is a theme here. But you know what, sweetheart? I need your votes. It's time. Oh, uh, Shashman said, I would like to see what was said after that statement and hear the rest of the conversation with Kevin Hart. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. There's a whole bunch of clips going on, going off. And I have to look it up. I didn't get a chance to look it up before this morning. But that wasn't good. Mm, right. <laughs> that wasn't good. Hmm. Hmm. What's up? With that in mind, that might sway my, my vote. <laughs> You think he said something positive oh, afterwards? Probably not. <laughs> no, I can't. Or do you want to pause his nomination? No, he still needs to be nominated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, those are our two nominees for the for the Clarence Thomas, Tory Lanez, Blue Face Bitch Nigga of the, of the Moment Award. If you got some votes, I need those in the comments as well. While you're voting on those, sweetheart, we have to also go over our Paul Rosen Negro of the Week Award. This show on Thursday is so long. <laughs> Woo. All right. We got three nominees. On Tuesday, we nominated the Senate for uh, loosening their dress code. Although the reasoning for the loosening of their dress code and the outcome of that reason of that loosening of dress code has been very terrible. Uh, it's still very interesting to see a major organization tear down some type of respectability politics, even though it came from the complaints of a white man. Ugh, God, 
I almost want to put them on the on the bitch nigga award list too. Jesus. <laughs> and then we also as a as a nominee we have Diddy is a nominee from earlier in the show. We're nominating Diddy for the Paul Robes and Negro of the Week for suing Diageo for basically capitalized uh, commercial marginalization due to the label of urban and black product. And then we had a third Paul Robes and Negro of the Week that I just came up with, sweetheart. Who what was it? Oh, the person who invented the definition of bootlicking. Uh. <laughs> you got that one absolutely right. Need your votes, sweetheart. I need your votes immediately. What do you want to do first? Uh, hmm. I guess, okay. I'll give it to, to Diddy this week. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Paul Rosen Negro of the Week? <laughs> Give me your but reasoning now. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of reluctant to do so because Diddy is who he is. And, yeah, he has a history of <laughs> being a little, not necessarily nefarious, but a little ain't shit. <laughs> is there a hall uh, in the Paul Robeson Negro Hall of Fame is there a hall of Negroes who have been donned the Negro of the Week, <laughs> but like also have been revoked been or questioned? <laughs> it's been a few of them, actually. It's been a few. And maybe that's why it's the Negro of the Week. Like this week, <laughs> not your previous weeks, not the next week's nigga. Just, just these seven days. Yeah. So okay, so we have a reluctant, probably <laughs> soon to be revoked, <laughs> Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. Diddy, Diddy just keep making it on the show, man. I keep telling you, man. Mm-hmm. Diddy keep making it on the show. Diddy, you have you have been reluctantly given the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week for your uh, very bold and brave litigation against Diageo for the labeling of urban and black product I think the thing that sent him over the edge which would have sent me over the edge too is that Diageo told him that they wanted to produce a watermelon uh, flavored tequila and which Diddy said that sounds disgusting Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that but Diageo made it anyway and sold it as a Deleon tequila and to me that had been like yeah okay all All right right. Yeah, yeah okay Yep. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, for sure. <laughs> so for that brazen bold move, I mean, if we want to give praise to Ben Crump, uh, who is suing the CIA, the FBI, the LAB, LAPD, the NYPD, every uh, uh, known villain to blackness in America, <laughs> in, uh, ben, ben Crump is out here fighting the case for it. We got to give credence to Diddy for doing this as well. Uh, we'll see what the fine print says, but you know, at least he's got the capital to stand up for it. And you want you know what? I'm reluctant to give him the full force, the full falsetto of the Paul Robes and Negro of the Week, sweetheart. Okay. Until I know what he does with the money. <laughs> we know what he's going to do, which is why we know it's probably going to be revoked. Right. But I want to know if you just, if somebody slapped two bill on you, and now you a $2.9 billion man. I don't know if having a tuition-based charter school in New York is going to cut it. Right. <laughs> I don't know if a, a million-dollar check to earn your leisure and a million-dollar check to Jackson State as your charitable donations is going to cut it. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if returning publishing back to the artist when questionably it probably should have never been taken away. Maybe, maybe not. You're a music businessman. You can do your business. But then again, you doing business and not looking out for the community is why we got these. That's why we're giving you the Paul Robes and Negro of the Week Award. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's in question. <laughs> All right, sweetheart, second one. The Clarence Thomas, Tory Lanez, blue face bitch nigga of the moment. Who are nominees again? Oh, we got Ebony K. Williams, Lord have mercy. <laughs> And her MRS degree, and then we also have Kevin Hart <laughs> and his uh, his advocacy for stupidity rather than community action. I think I'm gonna go with Kevin Hart only because that talking point, that mentality, is so dangerous to the black community. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kevin Hart. That's a disappointment right there. You are our Clarence Thomas, Tory Lanez, blue face bitch nigga of the moment. I mean, you don't care. Because toxic <laughs> niggas don't have revelations. I don't even want to give this nigga a soliloquy. Here's your award. <laughs> now it's time, sweetheart, for the burning question. For the roach. Mm. Brought to you by Sweetheart. Sweetheart. We're going to talk about a lot of things. Yeah. It's Thursday. We had a very interesting weekend coming up. Got a lot of talking we're going to do. Well, I'm going to do. Uh. Um, a lot of transitions happening. Manifestations are manifesting. Microphones are microphoning. Books are being read. Just give me a question from your heart. What's, what's on your heart, sweetheart? <laughs> What are you looking forward to? Mm, let's say, what is it? September 28th? What are yeah. you looking forward to the most in... I'm not going to do all of October. Maybe just like this weekend. What am I looking forward to this weekend? Yeah. Well, I feel like I done plugged it so many times, but I'll plug it again. So on Saturday, we have the... The new Blueprint Parlor, if you're interested in coming, there's a link in the bio, or you can just DM me for the information. I should make sure you can pull up to the small wooden box, 12 to 4, to be a part of the conversation. I feel like the blue Blueprint Parlor is like the advanced version of Wake and Bake with BMO. Like, we finna talk, I'm finna talk, but like, it's gonna be a lot more people talking to me, and we're gonna have a lot more interactions. Um, uh, uh, and really try to craft some things out and try to build some new thoughts and maybe come up with some interesting advocacy and organization on how we can grow and build together. We'll see how that works. Uh, so I'm interested on that for Saturday. I think the most interesting thing about Saturday is the other three have been primarily board game based. Yeah. We go in, we play these board games that I've modded so that we could have a more spirited conversation, play different roles, exp uh, uh, expose ourselves to different ignorances and then have a more fruitful conversation from there. The thing about Saturday that I'm kind of looking forward to is this is our 
the people don't know this, but this will be the first attempt at organization. Uh, in my mind, I feel like we have been capturing these thoughts to be, you know, social and cultural evidence that we are moving forward. Now we're at the moment, and I've talked about it on the show a few times, now we're at the moment of organization. What are we going to be? How are we going to be that thing? And how can we use ourselves regardless of our influx or lack of resources, how can we use ourselves to create solutions going forward? Or even just cool shit to do. <laughs> or even just, even if it just turns out to be leather jackets with names on the back. Like, what are we gonna do? Because we don't have all this energy for nothing. Right. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the uh, Art All Night live stream that we'll be doing. The live stream will be on this channel. So if you're watching right now, it's going to pop up on Friday about 6 o'clock. <laughs> uh, wake and Bake with BMO. I got, I wonder if I can smoke in there. I don't know. Hmm, I'll ask. I wonder if we can do like a little live Wake and Bake session. Real pop up on Saturday and, and and do that. It'll be a good time. Later out, I need I'm gonna need your help on that though. I don't know how that's gonna work. What you mean? Uh, are you gonna? Is it gonna be the same setup as the artist talk? Because like I think it was a couch. Yep. But am I gonna have the? Am I gonna be sitting on the couch with you with the laptop or? I have no idea. Right. Am I gonna be in the back somewhere? I don't know. Oh, of course, not that long. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, you ought to be close to the camera. Like you ought to be as close as you are to the camera now. Yeah. But is that weird? <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure see. it out. So, yeah. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, as always, y'all, I appreciate y'all for watching. Thank y'all for joining us for another episode and week of Wake and Bake with B Mo. Catch the live replay immediately right here on YouTube and then on X as well. Uh, also, listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. I prefer you listen to us this week on Audible. I don't have no ad, but I just feel like, you know, I just want to shout out a different organization and company. Am I in, am I in focus? What's that my eye? I think it's the light. It's not as... It's not making you look as the phone. Also, the eyesight is going. <laughs> anyway, y'all, we're not finna lie, Bertus. I'll see y'all on next Tuesday. I hope to see you on Saturday at the New Blueprint Parlor. Make sure you subscribe to the New Blueprint Newsletter. We'll take you out with my boy, Detroit Rivers, coming very, becoming one of my very favorite songs. Uh, we're going to take you with the Black Boy Joy. Peace, y'all. Good morning. Let this feeling slip away. Yes, oh. city, yeah. Happy feelings. Break a bevel in your mind. Don't be amazed. Find yourself. Learn your joys and pain. Live your voice and sing. The sounds in your heart. Don't you worry about a thing. And don't forget your lyrics. This is a reminder of joy. Every time you hear it, just know that you're about this joy. Smile, you can wear it. Say, just want you to share it.
I was raised. Black boys was being destroyed. I grew up a black boy, they had stole my joy. Nobody put on my neck, so I do it for Floyd. Do it for Tamir Rice and for the underemployed. That's for the ones that gave back, communicated, deployed. I wanna give you a rope so that you can abort. I wanna give you a hope so that you can avoid having to be a black man without no black boy joy. So get this black boy joy up on your brain. Let this black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy, get up again. And black boy joy through all the pain. And black boy joy, say it again. One more time, get this black boy joy up on your brain. Let this black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy, get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. And black boy joy, say it again. For us, it's easier to go to jail than to go to college. Rather us be entertainers than be getting knowledge. They fund their own genocide. The word is power. Killing niggas in every song. I think it's coward. Easier to act tough when you and down because the world incriminates us. Cause we in down. Are we afraid of our own kind? And it's really wild. I think they got us backwards, but I figured out it's easier to fit in than it is to stand out. So I'm black boy joy when I'm cruising around. And I'm black boy joy fresh hitting the town. And I'm black boy joy dancing, cleaning the house. And I'm black boy joy when I go for a hike. Been black boy joy since I was riding a bike. My son, black boy joy, and that's crazy to me. I was miserable growing up, I really hated it, G. But the world is much bigger than I was able to see. So get this black boy joy up on your brain. This black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy say it again. One more time, get this black boy joy up on your brain. This black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy say it again. Smile.